This is Corkscrew Convo's Another Theme Park Podcast. My name is Chris. And my name is DJ. And we're here today to talk about theme parks, roller coasters, barbecue, the theater, giveaway winners, and everything else under the sun in its time. But first, DJ, let's get that disclaimer out of the way. The views, opinions, and information expressed during the following presentation are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent organizations affiliated with those individuals. Well, speaking of individuals, DJ, I saw a movie this past week that was about a very dark individual, a sort of a gothic Mm. individual that maybe had a fear of bats one time, but he overcame it, and now he protects a city. DJ, I watched Batman Returns for the first time this past week. Have you ever seen it? You know, I would act shocked, um, but I've actually not seen that movie either, and I know... (laughs) You at home, dear listener, are wondering how in the world that's not that's possible, but uh, I've, I've not seen it either. Hmm. Well, I, I've recently gotten into a bit of a DC Comics kick after watching Zack Snyder's Justice League, all four hours of it. <laughs> in 4-3 ratio. <laughs> yes. No, they call that IMAX ratio oh, now, DJ. Oh, sorry. That's how they retcon that. Sorry. <laughs> but... Otherwise, I am also a big fan of Danny DeVito and his work, so it was about time (laughs) that I put my money where my mouth was and I watched it. The result, DJ, I think it is a decent film, especially when you consider that it was a superhero film from the 90s. There are some ways where you can tell they sort of didn't know what a superhero movie was supposed to be or what it could be. And it's uh, strange in some parts, but is it, it is a Tim Burton film, so I did love the aesthetic and the design of Gotham and everything. Now, th- this, this, is, this is where I should have seen this movie, because Tim Burton is top three director for me. Well, yeah, you got to get on that then. I got to do it. Max. I you know. I think I've seen. I think. I think I've seen little pieces because you said Danny DeVito. He's Penguin in that movie, right? Oh yeah. Okay. I think I have seen parts of it, and I'm sure I've heard the music because I'm sure Danny Elfman did all the music for it. Because exactly, Tim there Burton is... and Danny Elfman go together like yes, eggs there, and butter. There are some real similarities between the Nightmare Before Christmas score that was one year after this and Batman Returns. So okay, uh, there were a few other similarities that I noticed as well. But what I didn't love about the movie, DJ was Michael Keaton and Christopher Walken in their respective roles. Michael Keaton is Batman, Bruce Wayne. Christopher Walken is... He played this businessman, billionaire person. Um, Okay. (laughs) I think with Michael Keaton, I just... We've been spoiled by really good Batman over the past 20 years. and I, I will say, though, I do like Michael Keaton in a lot of things, and I yes. think he does a very good job in Spider-Man. Yes, Homecoming. exactly, as a Vulture. He's great in as, that. As a villain, spoiler. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, it's been out for a while. I'm pretty sure spoilers yeah, are fair game fun. for that movie, but I just didn't really love him as Batman. He was just... Okay, I guess he's Batman. (laughs) Uh, Now, I've not seen any of the new DC stuff, um, so I don't know about Ben Affleck's performance. And now we have Robert Pattinson coming to do the new Batman movies. (laughs) So Um, many. I I think we are spoiled, though, um, having... Oh, who who is Batman? Christian uh, Bale. Christian Bale. I want to yeah. say Christopher Nolan. That's the director. Christian Bale's Batman is. I've said it before, and I will stand by the statement. I still think 
The Dark Knight is the best superhero movie ever made, but that's just hmm. my opinion. I might have to debate you on that, but maybe especially not for, for this realism. Episode. Especially for realism. But yeah. some other time. Yeah, okay, yeah, another time. Um, when it comes to Christopher Walken, I mean, amazing legendary actor, but I didn't really think that his character was absolutely necessary to the plot. And I think it was a waste of the name that he carried. DJ, do you know his name? It was Shrek. Really? And this was before Shrek became the jolly oh, green sure. ogre that we sure. know and love. So I uh, feel like this was a waste of the potential. Same? No, it was spelled a little differently. But okay. I, I feel so like Shrek they could yeah, but he wasn't that Shrek, and I guess that was part of the disappointment, too. I mean, I was hearing Shrek, so I was anticipating <laughs> all-star playing and mudslinging and get-out-me-swamp. Michael Myers walks in. Yeah, he didn't do Mike any Myers. of that. So Now, I think Tim Burton has a thing for Christopher Walken being in his movies, because he's also in Sleepy Hollow, uh, oh, a Tim Burton movie, and uh, Christopher Walken is actually Ichabod Crane. He's he's the ghost. Hmm. I haven't seen that, but it sounds interesting. Now that that's all I've heard about it, but it does intrigue me. That's a great movie. It's Johnny Depp, Tim Burton combo. Oh, okay. They've done a few of those. <laughs> Many. Well, I think it was interesting when I watched the movie Batman Returns. I saw a production design for the film. I could see that it directly inspired all of the Batman the Rides logos from the 90s. All of these inverted coasters, clones, uh, going into all the Six Flags parks, the station designs, the Batmobiles out front, the colors. It was all directly tied to uh, this Batman iteration. So that was very interesting to see. Yeah, and I think I think especially Batman and Robin the Chiller and Mr. Freeze, like those two rides always hearken to me this era specifically yeah robin wasn't in this particular movie right. but i'm sure he's in there somewhere that one's this next iteration. I, I think oh. the last one robin's well in it. spoiler but okay in the trio nah, it's been <laughs> out since the 90s it's fair game <laughs> i just watched the matrix for the first time last week so that's my 90s credit wow <laughs> that seems like a a big film to and undertake and i can't believe unless it's international there is no ride based on that movie i cannot believe it Huh. Um, is it bad if I say that I haven't seen it? No, not necessarily. I mean, my coworkers thought it was bad. They're all older than I am. Um, like, I mean, I was super young when it came out, but I remember enough about it. I think it holds up really well. There's some CGI in there that's like, eh, okay, 90 CGI, you know. But it was 1999, not 1990, and things had changed in that time period. I thought it was a great movie. I thought um, the characters in it, Keanu Reeves was incredible, Lawrence Fishburne, great. Mm. Highly recommend it. And a lot of people said they couldn't really follow along with the plot. I understood it perfectly. Um, I thought it was great. Well, the question then is, what pill did you take? I took the red pill. Okay. Took the red pill, went on the, went on the journey with Keanu Reeves, who also, spoiler, takes the red pill. Oh. Um, Yes, I think so. I think the regret not taking the blue pill. But what a cool what a cool premise for a ride I thought that would be. And I'm surprised there isn't one yet. They are making another Matrix. It's coming out later this year, Matrix 4. So, I don't know. Seems like well, a waste of potential. We have a Fast and Furious ride. Where's the <laughs> Matrix ride? I'm going to have to watch it. What? 
Who distributed it? Uh, HBO Max was that one. Okay, so... Which is easily becoming hmm. my probably my favorite streaming platform by far is HBO Max, followed by Hulu. Well, I can't say that we'll probably see any Matrix-involved attractions at a Six Flags park. That nope. being said, internationally, the Warner Brothers properties are pretty much anywhere. I mean, there's the WB Movie World in Australia. Yes. There is other park parks in Madrid one? and Germany, sort of, I think. Uh, Germany might have Dubai, lost there's a park. Yeah. Is that... No, that's Lionsgate, though. No, they also have an indoor WB park in Dubai as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I think there's potential outside of the U.S., I mean, but inside it's just Six Flags parks. Maybe it wouldn't fit well, and I think we can go on this tangent just because this is a theme park podcast, and we are on theme parks here for a second, but maybe it would be difficult to do something based on the Matrix since it's essentially in the real world, kind of, but... I don't know, Fast and the Furious is in the real world, so it's just fast cars. Yeah. It's essentially, you're in the real world, and you can do superhero-esque things, essentially is how you could look at it. Okay. I just came up with an idea for uh, Matrix activation in the parks. Okay. It can okay. be Six Flags pretty much anywhere. You have a gift shop, and you know all those candy shops are at every amusement park, and they have the big tubes of different kinds of candy. Yes, I always go for the nerds. Okay. Instead of nerds, instead of sugar or whatever they're purveying <laughs> in these large tubes, they have the different pills. Pills. And they're just, just red sugar and blue pills. pills. <laughs> or are they? Are they something more? That hmm. is up to the theme the park journey taker. that the guest will go through. It's going to be sugar pills, but placebos, DJ. Those <laughs> Placebos is a thing. Placebos exist. So yes, that's true. That's people true. People can say, uh, yeah, give me a, a bushel of red pills when really it's sort of like the hot tamale candy. And you can eat yeah. that and, oh, it's a little spicy. But then the placebo kicks in and people do whatever. And then they go out on their <laughs> theme park day and it's, it's a good time. So I think that's how they might be able to integrate the Matrix lore into a theme park. But I'm assuming after you've watched you've watched Batman Returns, you're probably going to watch the other ones. Uh, you're probably hankering to maybe ride Batman the Ride at this point now. Well, yeah, I've only... Well, I'd say it's been several years since I've been to a Six Flags park. And I sort of want to get out there as soon as is reasonably possible and explore some of those other... 90s Batman style attractions like Mr. Freeze, like Joker's Jinx. I want to go back there and mm, see mm -hmm. the aesthetic if it ties into the first Batman film of this iteration, uh, which was 89, I think, with Jack Nicholson. Yeah, more, uh, more movie focused rather than comic book focused, which it seems all of their newer rides have been at right. Six Flags. Yeah, I'm no. not entirely sure if their current licensing agreement doesn't allow them to use the movie likenesses of these characters, well, or as they have to use the comic book likenesses. What about, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe these rides don't exist anymore, I thought they had a Dark Knight-inspired inside ride at a few of the parks, like a mock oh. Wild Mouse Yes. And I was wondering if those still exist, or maybe they've been turned into justice for Metropolis. 
whatever. I think there's at least two of them that I can think of offhand. Great Adventure. Uh, one of which I have ridden, which is Great Adventure, and also Six Flags New England, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, I will I will say then, yes, they do use the movie likeness for the Dark Knight and Harvey Dent and all of those other characters. I think there's some Heath Ledger voiceover in there, too. Really? If it is, I, I don't remember it. But, I thought there was. Uh, but... That'd be something. Huh. Well, we'll have to plan a Six Flags trip. Hopefully one of us goes there soon. I mean, you and I are both relatively close to a park, Six Flags-esque. So uh, I think you have better cream of the crop than I do. Uh, at least in proximity to you, <laughs> but maybe we'll we'll get over there. Uh, but until we do that, we're going to keep podcasting, and that's what we're doing now. And really, we've been on kind of a hot streak of episodes for the last month. I entirely agree with you, DJ. You think about this that we're recording on April first. It's April Fool's Day, but this is not a fool of an episode, not by any means. Exactly a month ago, we were recording with Coaster Bro from Coaster Cuzzies, and we had a fun discussion about coasters of the past. We drafted them, we picked teams, sort of, and had the listeners choose a winner. Um, the listeners chose poorly. That's that's not the point. <laughs> but that was a really fun episode. We also broke wide open the rumor-slash-story of Kentucky Kingdom becoming a Hershen property. We saw right through their cryptic social media post and we blew it wide open we also interviewed chris from the national roller coaster museum and archives and that dear listener was a confusing episode with two chris's in the same room <laughs> in the same zoom chat room yes there were a few snafus when dj you would say chris what do you think about this and, <laughs> and one of us would chime in when you met the other but uh that's just a part of the farcical fun that is recording a podcast virtually with multiple people with the same name i'd do it again oh definitely no of course he no was question. an incredible guest well just last episode we broke down the idea of what disneylandforward.com truly means dj mm. i gave a prophecy in that past episode <laughs> where i said you know i think people are going to take the idea of what this might be and they're going to run with it and maybe run in a wrong direction. Chris, um, were you right on that prediction? Yes, I am right. <laughs> I would see articles pop up of people saying, oh my goodness, third gate coming to Anaheim, <laughs> which is simply not the case. I mean, look at the website. We did break it down for you, listeners, so you already have the scoop. They're not announcing a park. They didn't even announce future plans. It's really what might happen, what could happen if they're able to have their way with the local government. That is what Disneyland Forward is. It's, an, it's a lobbying tool to inform the public about Disney's goals. And dear listener, if you're wondering what we're talking about, maybe you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen to it um, and, and just really listen closely because what Chris is saying is very true. Uh, some of you may have not heard that episode yet. You may have been coming from another podcast or a news source where they're talking about all these things that are going to happen. And like Chris said, it's not, not yet. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I'm not going to say these things won't happen. Sure. But... Uh, proposals. It's, it's in the it's proposal stage, really. Yeah. DJ, I'm going to put something out there. See what you think of it. Okay, okay. I think that we have just had our best month ever for Corkscrew Convos. 
me chew on that for a second. Chew on that. You know, I think you're probably right, Chris. Um, the first month, you know, that will always be a special thing. That's when we first got it started, and we will look back on it as saying, remember when we started? And it's kind of crazy. Uh, I think we've been doing this for over half a year at this point. Really? I, th- I think so. I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure we have. I think we recorded our first episode we were. on we, October we 1st. Yes, so yeah, we've been doing it for six months at this point. Wow. Uh, so that's an accomplishment half a year, and another six months are going to go by, and we're going to say, hey, we've been doing it for a year, and hopefully we'll be able to go along, and we'll be able to look back to the first month and the first episode. But yeah, I probably would have to agree with you. Um, I never thought we'd really have guests on this show. I mean, I did at some point, but not really this early. Um, so again, we thank both of the guests that we have had on. Um, we've had some fun trivia as well with uh, listeners, and that's been great. And now we're getting ready to do a, a big social media giveaway. And actually, I think we've probably uh, are going to announce a winner very soon of who that would be. Um, it's it's really crazy. Hopefully, we can do more giveaways. Hopefully, we can get a larger audience, and and hopefully. Uh, we're giving content that makes you, dear listener, uh, want to come back to the podcast each time it's posted, whether you watch it or, I should say, listen to it as soon as it comes out or a couple weeks after it comes out. You know, whatever floats your boat is how we work at Corkscrew Combos. But we appreciate you coming along for the ride. And uh, I think you're right, Chris. Definitely our best month. And, dear listener, if there's somebody in your world who you think needs to listen to this, send, send them our way. We'll, we'll take good care of them as we have taken very good care of you. Yes. I think we have taken very good care of you. We're sort of like stewards of, uh, I don't know where the metaphor is going, but you, got, you, you caught my drift. <laughs> yes, I, I, I view us as owning a roller coaster bed and breakfast, per se. And That's you're a coming better metaphor. Here, you're, you're coming here, dear listener, as a reprieve. Not necessarily enjoying the amenities and lodging that we have, but more of the setting, uh, homemade food that we give out. Um, that's where you're at in our hearts. Yeah, barbecue. Lots of barbecue talk. Uh, a little bit of TikTok pasta talk, I believe, at one point, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, lots of food talk. Oh, yeah. So, follow along, join us, But also make sure your seatbelt is securely fastened because it's going to be a wild ride. And make sure it's fastened now as we travel back to 1925. We are on the 25th episode of Corkscrew Combos. Again, hard to believe we've been doing this for half a year, we've just said, and we've all both just realized. Um, But we are now journeying to 1925. What we've been doing every episode for a while is we're looking back at coasters that opened in a particular year, matching that year up with the episode we're on. We're on episode 25. That means, dear listener, we're journeying back to 1925 to look at the Thunderbolt in Coney Island. Uh, And this is a very interesting one, Chris. Uh, This is a uh, sort of a older roller coaster than the legendary Cyclone we know of, Um, but it it used a similar layout as well. Yes, it was, I mean, just a few blocks from where the Cyclone is now on Coney Island. It had that similar layout that we now recognize as the Cyclone style, where it has a drop, a big turn, and then another hill pretty close to the lift hill, and then some other twists and turns along the way. It was designed by John Miller, the legendary roller coaster designer of that era, and it was 86 feet tall, 
It opened in 1925, but DJ, here's where things get interesting. It closed in 1982, and it stood, but it did not operate until the year 2000. And then it reopened? Unfortunately not. It was uh, demolished. Man, that just seems like such a long ride. SBNO, dear listener, standing but not operating. So the ride was, was there. It did nothing. It literally just stood there. It was just something to look at. Um, probably some, some memories there that people wish uh, they could repeat. They never were able to, I'm assuming, because uh, it didn't open. And wow, to think that someday it would operate again only to be torn down, that's, that's not a great feeling. Uh, but it still exists today. In a more interesting way, perhaps. That's right. It's a, It stood, but it did not operate for many years. If you were to look up pictures of the Thunderbolt, you'd see crazy pictures of New York City. This is Brooklyn. And it's this huge wooden structure that's in a state of deterioration. It was covered in vines and growth at one point. And you teased it, DJ. There is a Thunderbolt roller coaster at Coney Island right now that's part of Luna Park. And that is a Zamperla steel coaster that takes on the legacy of the Thunderbolt and stands on the ground pretty close to where the Thunderbolt stood. This coaster opened in 2014. Have you had the pleasure of riding it yet, DJ, this new Thunderbolt? I've not ridden the new Thunderbolt. I've seen photos. I know it has a vertical lift. Mm-hmm. It's got about three inversions. It looks like some pretty aggressive airtime hills oh, as yes. well. Yes. Um, just looking at the ride, and correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, this was really the first major roller coaster that Zamperla ever manufactured. They had done plenty of different um, smaller rides for kiddie coasters and smaller roller coasters at different parks, but this was really their first foray into the, the major coaster world, the extreme coaster, one might say. Right. This was a real next step for them because Luna Park is managed by a subsidiary of Zamperla, which is an Italian uh, manufacturer and designer of amusement rides. They do a ton of great rides. If you've been to a park, it's a good chance that you've ridden a Zamperla attraction. And now they offer this major steel coaster as well, which has been cloned since this first installation opened in the park at Oa, down along the Gulf of Mexico, where they have a roller coaster named Rolling Thunder that uses the same layout, but it's a park that is almost entirely made out of Zamperla attractions. They have a few things here and there that weren't Zamperla, but this was really a sort of turnkey operation that Zamperla offered to the park at Oa in supplying them with so many different kinds of rides, and the star centerpiece of their attractions lineup was the roller coaster named Rolling Thunder. And Zamperla just makes great quality rides, in my opinion. Lots of great flats. My favorite flat ride is made by Zamperla. I think Gears is too, right, Chris? Yeah, Air Race. Air Race. Mine's the Nebula Z. Uh, Great company, so to see them working in roller coasters makes so much sense. They've actually, while we're on this really quickly, uh, I think literally a week ago from this podcast, and this is not an April Fool's joke because it's April 1st right now, uh, Zamperla has actually started their own roller coaster-centered social media. 
So I'm not sure if it's just a social media sort of thing or if Zamperla is now saying we're going to differentiate and we'll have a separate booth at IAPA at the amusement, International Amusement Expo um, or if it's a whole different company. But it makes me think, I could be wrong, but they're going to push more into offering more roller coasters um, besides just their, their normal Thunderbolt layout that they have right now. DJ, I like the sound of that. I'm intrigued. I do too. I think it makes it makes a lot of sense for them to be able, especially with a park like uh, Oa or even Luna Park, um, to be able to not only give great flat rides but also have roller coasters um, in kind of their in their catalog. Let's say uh, maybe we'll have someone from Zamperla on the podcast maybe soon. Let's we'll see. We'll see. No promises, dear listener. I think that would be a good one. Yeah, we'll have to see about that. So that was our anniversary coaster for this 25th episode. Of our podcast. Thank you, RCDB. Yes, thank you to RCDB.com, the roller coaster database. That's where we get such amazing information about pretty much any roller coaster that ever stood, it seems like. There's so (laughs) much information there. You could spend hours just looking through the archives, it seems like. Absolutely. I've lost so much time on there. Um, but no, that, that wasn't lost time. That was well-spent, DJ. Well-spent well time on RCDB. Absolutely. Yes. Would love to see an hour tracker of the hours I've spent on that site. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, DJ, in this podcast, I am now going to take you to a very particular place, okay? Ah, uh, is this a straight area? Is this a circle of an area? Where are we going? We are going to, so I guess you would say, the intersection of two walls. Uh, some might call it a corner. We are going to My Idea Corner. Won't you join me in the corner, DJ? I'm coming over to the corner. All right, so we are here in Chris's Idea Corner. DJ, let me float this idea by you and see what you think. I love what you've done to the place. Yeah, go ahead. All right, so Peacock Live was going to be a fan event for NBC Universal Properties at the Universal Studios Resort in Orlando, but I think that fan event was either entirely canceled or not able to really go on in any significant way in 2020. Now, what was this going to happen last year? Was it going to be the first year in 2020 they were going to do this? Yes, this was going to be maybe a sort of an extension of what was maybe like a Harry Potter weekend, but for Universal Properties. Okay. My idea is to bring it back, call it Peacock Live, but make it something different. Make hmm. it maybe a viral marketing exhibit. Viral meaning it exists online? Uh, Yeah, I mean, in 2019 at the Disneyland Resort, they took the old building that was originally the ESPN zone in downtown Disney and they gutted it and turned it into a photo exhibit where okay. you would go and stand in different environments, take pictures, and share them on social media. I saw them everywhere of people uh, posing with Mickey heart balloons or all sorts of different things 
throughout the exhibit that they could then post on social media. And I will say it, they went viral. Okay, I see. Viral-centered. The, the idea is things that are shocking, things that will get some clout online. Clout. That is the word for it. Clout, okay. DJ. Okay. So here's the idea for Peacock Live. We're going to bring it back, but we're going to make something... We're going to make it something like what Disneyland did with the ESPN Zone building. Okay. This is going to be a tour, a walkthrough exhibit with tons of photo ops from big NBC Universal properties. Some of the ideas I've had are maybe the reception desk and the uh, regional manager's desk from the office. You can take a picture behind the desk, maybe answering a phone. They have the lighting, they have the backdrop, everything reconstructed to look like it did on set, and then you can put yourself in that environment. I'd love to see the basketball court from the distribution center. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can pose with cars from Fast and Furious. I, mm. they, might already have a, they might already have a version of that out front or nearby the Fast and Furious supercharged attraction. Smaller. But these would be, I envision these would be the actual cars. Yeah. Like the Eclipse that Paul Walker drove or... Yeah, screen-used cars. Yeah. And yep. maybe also the desk from The Tonight Show. And mm. mm-hmm. maybe something like the SNL stage where the opening monologues are given. Rebuild parts of that so that people can pose and get their picture taken in all of these iconic settings... And then they could post these pictures and say, oh, my goodness, where were you? Oh, I was at <laughs> Universal Orlando. It was amazing. Yeah, and it would really, it would really draw in those um, super fans. It's almost, it's almost Comic-Con-esque. Yes, exactly. I, I know at Universal in Japan, for, for instance, and uh, I'll, I'll bring out a little bit of my personal taste in this and what I enjoy, but I believe every February, might be every March, could be every April, um, whatever it is, uh, Universal in Japan will do an anime-specific event. They'll celebrate different animes, different manga, uh, and they will do... It, it's kind of a separate event from the park. They might even have a small little ride that's repurposed every year. Um, but just larger-than-life statues, real props from those. This sounds very similar to that, um, but perhaps more... Um, I guess you could say Americanized in a way. Uh, these are things that are popular in American culture. Uh, Fast and Furious, you mentioned, Office, uh, Tonight Show, SNL. It'd be all great things. I mean, it'd be so cool to say live from Saturday night in New York. Hmm. Or live from New York, it's Saturday night. Yeah, I just completely botched that. <laughs> I don't watch that show that much, honestly. Hmm. But I well, know it has such a following. But to be able to say that, get a photo op, maybe a video op with a green screen, something like that, that'd be, that'd yeah. be awesome. I mean, they used to, in the 90s, they had a version of an attraction where you could pose and do various actions in front of a green screen, and they would put you into a movie (laughs) using 90s green screen technology. It's a little fun to look at now and see where we came from, but they had a version, I guess, of that when the park first opened. And I just think maybe they could take one of these sound stages that they have, build these sets in it. It could probably be included with park admission, I'd say, and it would be a a real draw, I feel like, potentially. 
potentially. I think you're onto something there. And I personally feel like um, it would draw people in. I think it's it's not niche necessarily, but there is a good segment of people that would do that. Um, at least that would know. I, I feel like you could have, like you said, a bunch of different things. There's got to be one thing that would draw almost everybody in, you know, depending on what they know about the different shows. Uh, and maybe something that they could even promote the uh, Peacock streaming service with. I know that that one's not necessarily as popular as the others. So maybe this is a way to maybe get a free subscription into people's hands for a month or two uh, oh. to get them integrated into that streaming service. Yeah, look at all these fancy words you're throwing in here. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, me over here watching uh, Apple TV. <laughs> I'm one of 20 people in the whole world. <laughs> I'm there too. <laughs> okay, okay. We gotta watch Ted yeah. Lasso, everybody. That's that's my quick recommendation for the episode. I've only heard good things about it. I'll oh. get to it eventually. I <laughs> I thought I'd watch one episode and I finished that sucker in three days. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> well, that is my idea, DJ. I think we should probably get out of the corner. It's pretty cramped in here. You ready it's to fine. go? Like I said, I like what you've done to the place. Uh, you've added air conditioning. That's fantastic. But uh, I agree with you. All right. So we are now out of the idea corner. We had a good time. But really, it's time to move on with the show. So corkscrew convos cleared for dispatch. Let's dive in. So, Chris, we're into the actual meat of the episode. What's going on? Well, that's a good question, DJ, because we are recording this podcast on April 1st, also known as what some people call April Fool's Day. It's true, and maybe maybe a mistake on our part, but we've decided to do it, and we're going to move forward. There have been a lot of announcements. Some of them are pretty out there. (laughs) Some of them are very humorous. But we got an announcement from Funspot Orlando. They announced a new attraction, DJ. And I got this from Amusement Today, this press release, so that does add a little bit of weight to this story. Okay, okay. They announced an attraction called Skyhawk, which is a 90-foot-tall tower swing ride, where half of the ride vehicles you'll be in a seated position, Uh, The other half of the ride vehicles, you'll be in a laying down position uh, with your back to the sky. Maybe think of the Linus Launchers attraction at many Planet Snoopy areas at Cedar Fair Parks. It looks a lot like that ride vehicle where you are sort of flying like Superman, but it is now in a taller swing ride fashion and integrated with uh, regular seats as well. Kind of like, kind of like Superman. So yeah, we're riding on our stomachs essentially. Yes. So it okay. looks like a fun attraction. They say it's yeah. going to open May of 2021, but is it really happening? I have to pause for a moment. It was announced <laughs> on April 1st. Well, you know, a, I think it's somewhat smart, and here's why. This is a smaller park. I mean. You know, some people, I'm sure, would love to have a fun spot in their backyard. I understand that, too. I mean, I would love that. Uh, But that being said, why not use a date when everybody's itching to go and look at all of the fake fake news stories that come out or the satire, we could say? Uh, Why not throw in a real thing? I mean, people are going to be looking. Kind of piques their interest more so than any other day out of the year. I mean, 
you and I are talking about it. Is we it real? Know. Who knows? I would say it probably is real, for sure. Um, it, it it seems real enough. I you look at the 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 image for this kind of the teaser uh, of the ride. I mean it somewhat makes sense. It looks like a rendering that they took time to to make of the ride. Um, that being said, there's a sw- chain swing ride that they're focusing on, which is not the same seating at all. That's an actual seat. This year on your stomach. There's a hawk imposed in the background. Uh, kind of menacing looking, actually. Um, it's not a hawk, DJ. It's a sky hawk. That's, that, that's true. Um, but, you know, it's interesting that they're doing that. You've got the world's largest star flyer right down the street. Um, that's a normal seat. This is face down Superman this is something style. Else. This is something else. Um, yeah. I think I would, I would do it. I think I would do it. I think I'm more shocked to see in the press release that there's 31 rides at Fun Spot America. Wow. <laughs> I So they've really been building. I guess they have. I didn't know that. But, I mean, it's cool. It'd be a great view of, uh, of White Lightning, of their um, Vacoma family inverted coaster. So I think I would do it. Not that tall, though, really, for a swing ride. 90 feet. Let's pencil this in for probably real. Yeah. But I've been burned too many times before <laughs> on April 1st. So we're going to have to wait and see. We will wait and see. And we have more news. Uh, this also seems to be real news. Uh, not April oh, yeah. Fool's news. This is real news. Uh, we're seeing limited adult beverage services coming to Blue Bayou at Disneyland. Now, this is from our friends, a, a, a really great source, the OC Register, that we reference quite quite a bit. Um, I have not, Chris, been to Disneyland, as you know that. Walk me through the Blue Bayou. The Blue Bayou is a delicious upscale restaurant that shares an opening scene with Pirates of the Caribbean, which is the legendary boat ride attraction in well, New Orleans Square. So the, sorry, the ride is, the restaurant is in the ride or it's just meant to mimic like that you're in the same spot? You occupy the same uh, greater room, if that makes sense. Once you dispatch from the station at Pirates, you are floating through this bayou scene where there's fireflies and low-hanging trees before you really get into the pirate action. Okay. Uh, That room that you're in, you look to your right and you will see a a large house that has a very large um, deck area. I don't know if it's a deck area, but it's... Dock? It's right there on the coast of the bayou, the swamp, really. Okay. And there are lanterns and people eating, and you can't really hear them. It's amazing. If you're in the uh, ride, you can't really hear the people dining or enjoying. I don't know how they achieve that, but it just seems apart, but the same at the same time, because you're sharing the same space and the same designed environment but you're on two different journeys. Oh, I gotta go. That sounds so cool. <laughs> it's amazing. So it's, I've ridden pirates and I've eaten at the Blue Bayou, so it's uh, an incredible experience. So it's, it's right before you you do the first drop on pirates. Yes. Or I guess the only drop. Yes. No, no, there's, there's uh, two, two drops, drops in the Disneyland pirates. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you dispatch. You go through this, and <laughs> you coast by a cabin with uh, someone. Rocking in their rocking chair, strumming on their banjo, just picking. You know how it is. And then 
You Thanks, turn, I you... guess. <laughs> what? I mean, like, a, I didn't mean anything. You know by how that. it is, picking on the banjo. Yeah, but and then you go and <laughs> you pass underneath this skull and crossbones. It's just telling you. Uh, I don't know why you're going sit forward. Sit tight. Watch out for pirates. There's no going back from this point. That sort of thing. Mm. And then you have the first drop. Mm. So okay. that's how it is at the beginning of Pirates and at the Blue Bayou. The reason why we're talking about the Blue Bayou is because when Disneyland reopens later this month, it will be the second public place in the park to procure alcohol within the gates of Disneyland. And this is after Oga's Cantina opened in 2019. That was then that was then the first location within Disneyland Park proper that served alcohol. That's very interesting. I I don't know why I I thought more places would have alcohol at Disney. I guess I guess they don't. Um is it only Disneyland cuz I I felt like Disney World had a lot of places for alcohol. Maybe I was completely wrong, but for a while, if I understand it right, the Magic Kingdom was a dry park. Okay. But that has also been recently relaxed, and now we're seeing that at Disneyland as well. Um, the other Walt Disney World parks, and you look across the street from Disneyland to Disney California Adventure and Downtown Disney, um, those are not dry parks, to say the least. I see. Well, I mean, I think this kind of makes sense. It seems like the time to do it, and let me tell you what I mean by that. It's We've all been, you know basically locked up for a year and not locked up in a, a, a good or bad sense it's just what it is we've all been in our houses those of us that like the sort of thing we haven't been able to enjoy it as much um, it seems as though the climate of the world is getting better we'll probably never be back to normal but it is getting better and this seems as a way to sort of celebrate uh, this period of time we've all been living through um, it's a time to be joyous a time to celebrate being here uh, and sometimes alcohol is involved when you're doing that, and so maybe this is this park being more relaxed about that. Well, and it's also something that Disney can then charge uh, incredibly high prices for <laughs> at the Blue Bayou, where everything is already pretty expensive. That's that's true. I mean, good 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 point, Chris. But uh, you know, you look at other times of you know after World War Two. Um, after, I mean, really any big event, I mean, it's just kind of a celebration, you know? And so maybe there, okay. you, maybe there, there's kind of that spirit with this. Cause I, you wonder how many other parks are going to do this outside of Disney, maybe, uh, parks becoming more lax about this. You know, that'll be an interesting trend to follow, but here are my thoughts on what's going on with this blue Bayou development. I think that this represents something that we're going to see industry-wide, and that is a rethinking of how things are done. A reboot, DJ. They're going to reboot it. And this is not just for food and beverage offerings, but for many things about how the theme park experience is offered and consumed. It's an excuse to shake things up and to do things as you've wanted them to be done instead of how they've always been done. And I think in this isn't just theme parks and the industry. This is, in a lot of cases, how things are, let's say, 
locked into place. You think about inertia, object at rest will stay at rest, object in motion will stay in motion. This past year has really sort of been a catalyst for shaking things up. It's an excuse to change things. We have seen several processes change where we never thought something like let's say delivery or takeout mixed beverages i think is a good example <laughs> of that yes i thought i would never think that state governments would allow that or local governments but uh that became widespread as a way to uh offer restaurants a way to keep selling and sell high margin items seriously it saved them some of them yeah it's it's a way to change things because a lot of times when maybe some people try to change something other people might say well it's always been done this way we're just going to do it like this because that's what we know that's what we're comfortable with but things have been closed shuttered cut off this past year but believe me dj things will soon be starting to grow again and that's not just because it's springtime Oh, I like that. I like that at the end. I think that's a good summary of, of really all of that. Um, it hasn't been a comfortable year for most people. Um, so why go back to normalcy now? Uh, and like you said, too, I mean, there's going to be probably less people at parks for a while. We hope not. Um, but if so, especially if we have capacity, how can we increase the number per person, the, the dollar amount that they're spending in our parks? And this is a way to do it. So that is what we are working with, with the Blue Bayou and Disneyland. DJ, it's time to have a little bit of fun right now. Are you ready for that? I'm ready for fun, Chris. Uh, you know me. I think I'm a fun person, and we could all use a little more fun in our life. We recently closed up our very first listener giveaway on Instagram, where we reached 250 followers on Instagram. It was a ton of fun. We had a big celebration post got a ton of likes everybody was super happy about it but now it's time that we do that random drawing that we were promising dj and go ahead and tell the listeners what the prize is going to be that's right the prize we've been talking about it it is your very own coaster it is a variety of coasters in fact they are four drink coasters from great coasters international located in sunbury pennsylvania they are a construction uh, design engineering firm uh, that creates these wonderful wooden roller coasters. They have a very, very iconic uh, sort of logo that they use. Uh, harkens back to the old wooden roller, wooden roller coaster construction of yesteryear. Uh, a variety of uh, different ways for you to use these coasters. You could use it per se on your coffee table. You could use it on your dining table. You could use it at a bar if you have one in your house. Really, it's totally up to you. I'm more of a bedroom end table coaster person, per se. This will be up to you. The only place you can get these coasters is from Great Coasters International. Uh, it's definitely a great gift to have. And we're excited to crown the winner of our very first follower giveaway. And dear listener, we know it's probably you out there who, have, or who are in that 250. And we just want to take a quick moment to say thank you very much. Oh, yes. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for following. Now it's time to give something to you. So, DJ, here we go. I've created a spreadsheet. I have assigned each of the uh, usernames that completed those three steps on Instagram. 
I now have a random number generator ready. And what was that process again, Chris? To win that, we had to like the post, comment on the yeah. post, and also be following up. Yes, it was very simple. Three easy steps. And now it is time to crown our winner. I'm ready. Uh, I assume you will insert a drum roll sound effect here or something similar? Well, I, I've looked for a drum roll sound effect that is royalty-free, entirely free. <laughs> haven't really found what it about, yet. So what about the Millennium Force to... station music? That's got to be royalty-free. Uh, Maybe not. I'm not sure about <laughs> that. <laughs> it's a great song, but I'm pretty sure we would need licensing for it. So here's what I'm going to do. I am going to leave a brief pause as we determine the winner. Listener, if you hear a drum roll, that means that I was able to find a drum roll sound effect that was sufficient. Uh, if you don't hear a drum roll, you will probably hear a xylophone because that is a sound effect that I already have. So I was, was going to go, say DJ. I've got a guitar back here. I could just I could just do a chord. Hey, go get it. Come the xylophone's on. Xylophone's fine. Okay, okay. While he's getting it, I am just going to talk about our next giveaway. We don't know what it's going to be yet. We don't know what we're going to ask for in return. We don't know uh, what platform it's going to be on, but we are going to have another giveaway in the near future, and you got to stay tuned for that because it's going to be a ton of fun. But now DJ has his guitar ready. Yes, and I assume it's out of tune. Oh. <laughs> okay. Well, we don't need it to be in tune. We just need it to be a, a fun thing. This guitar has just been sitting here. I've been so busy. I, I've been playing for so long, and I just haven't been able to play in like a month. It's crazy. So, anyways. Okay. Here we go. The winner of the very first Corkscrew Convos follower giveaway is... Cassidy Watson. Ooh, and the crowd goes wild. Oh, congratulations. That was incredible. So we will be contacting you shortly with the details of your victory. Uh, to those of you who didn't win, uh, please know that you are still a winner in my eyes. And I'm proud of you. I truly am. At the same time, um, Cassidy, congratulations on winning. Be sure to flaunt your coasters to all of your coaster friends. But not too much, or they won't like it. That's true. That's very true. <laughs> I speak from experience. I mean, I like to show off my piece of roller coaster track from Son of Beast, but sometimes I feel like the people that I show it off to are just jealous. So be careful, Cassidy. It's a fine line. And congratulations to you. And also, dear listener, thank you for participating. If you did, um, if you're listening to this and this is your first episode, but you came here from the Instagram post, we appreciate you as well. Those that have been with us from the start, thank you. And uh, Chris, I think we'll have another giveaway here pretty soon. Yes. Oh, I look forward to it. I think we're going to have to shoot for the stars with this next one. But whatever it is, it's going to be special. So, DJ, it is time to hit the brakes, but we are not done yet.
That's right, dear listener. This is the portion of the show where we tell you how to get in touch with us, how to stay connected on social media, how to stay connected uh, all throughout different forms of media. Uh, again, we are Corkscrew Combos, and we do have a variety of ways for you to send us questions. We would love to have a Corkscrew conversation with you. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at Corkscrew Combos, uh, and also on email, corkscrewcombos at gmail.com. And Chris, there's really a reason to follow the show on all of these platforms. Oh, yes. On Twitter this past week, I've been making some pretty nice memes, I would say. Mm. They tie into our takes on Disneyland Forward. <laughs> uh, the Suez Canal played a role in one of the memes. Can, can, I, so, can I share a meme with you from a different account? It was, it was perfect. It was perfect. Sure. So you, you have to visualize this, dear listener. And you too, Chris. I believe it was from um, Cupcakes and Coasters on Twitter. And I believe it said, I wish all drop towers a very pleasant no. <laughs> oh, was it Bugs Bunny? Yes. I love it's that It's the Bugs meme. Bunny. We, you've used it, Chris. <laughs> yes, I, I have. I think that was one of your first ones. It was so good, though, just how it was, how it was worded. The text. I love when the text looks like it just doesn't belong. Just meme culture is yeah. just great. <laughs> Oh, me and culture. Gotta love it. But that is a lot of what our Twitter is. We like to post pretty pictures on Instagram and sometimes some pretty interesting shares or articles or takes on Facebook. So there's a little bit of everything on each of these platforms. Go ahead and follow on each of those. While you're in that following spree, go ahead and follow the show on Apple or Spotify or wherever else you listen to podcasts. And if you are already listening... You know, you might as well just go ahead and write a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, because that really helps us to grow the show, build it into something more. And we've got our sights set high, we aspire to be more, and that is a way to help us. If you write us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we will read that review on the show and give you a hearty shout-out. It's a simple transaction and a very easy way to get your username read and celebrated in front of a group of 17 people. Totally right. And following is a great way to always be on the up and up when it comes to new episodes. Like I talked about a little earlier, some people like to listen to it as soon as it comes out. Others like to take a few days and then listen to it later on. Whatever you prefer, following is just a great way to keep that all in your queue, keep it all organized. And you always know when a new episode's ready to go and whether you've listened to it or not and that's what's so important so again follow us everywhere we really would appreciate it uh and uh don't forget my twitch dj dj four fire i'm i'm trying to do some content on there as well we've got planet coaster variety of video games and we keep saying this chris but i hope to have the podcast on there maybe soon oh yeah that sounds like a plan man but until next time my name is chris and my name is dj and this has been another corkscrew convo Thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>